0: The, you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet fish <laughs> um, or the Big Mac, and he says... I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> yeah, like this it. guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another Bald New Television, the officially unofficial podcast for literally all of television. And it feels this way this week because we're going around the world for coverage we're going to jolly old england for the last episode of black mirror we're going to jordan to see
0: isn't that a set in america
1: but you know it's okay. it's an english production stop i'm on a roll here <laughs> and, and you know what you know that's what we're trying to poke holes that's what jordan we do Jin, india layla uh ice on fire the whole world uh hbo netflix we got we got both both things can we it's, do it's an entire television. podcast
2: just with buzzwords Yes. Layla Jordan Netflix Synergy. HBO Ice on
1: Fire, <laughs> this Sunday on the NFL. I uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. We we could try that. Uh, but first, what we're going to do is talk about Black Mirror. There was one episode that we did not get around to covering last uh, last week. It's called Rachel, Jack, and Ashley 2. T O O, and it notably starred Sensation,
0: Miley Cyrus. Miley
1: Cyrus. I I just blanked and went to Hannah Montana. Uh,
2: and Jim did so did you see this or no? Uh no, I heard that this was easily the worst of the season, which was an okay but not very black mirrory season uh and potentially the worst of the series, so I didn't even bother.
1: I think that it's fair to say it's the least black mirror? Okay. Um in tone, like it's yeah, definitely absolutely. about future and You're and always
0: expecting even if there's a happy ending for someone, there's a price paid somewhere that's really dark and that's what you expect from black mirror most of the time mm-hmm. and that wasn't this episode at all yeah
1: it's interesting because like there's been a lot of stuff in the news about like the fact like do you know more about this than me like britney spears plight with her yes. father who owns her in like a legal way right because... it's, a,
0: it's still at 37 years old this woman is under legal guardianship of her lawyer and her father and she can't control anything not her money her she can't use a cell phone she, it, it seems absurd that this is an illegal actual thing that's happening but mm-hmm. you also see that that's a story about a lot of young women lindsay lohan amanda binds mm-hmm. uh, a lot of child stars that grow up and have have just this damage that's done to them is
2: it disney is that the problem here? Because yeah. <laughs> so many of them come out of the Disney factory.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's all of them. Amanda Bynes was on yeah. Nickelodeon. It's, you're uh, you okay. just like,
1: you, you, we've said this a bit, like a child stars, the fact that any of you're them right, make it Disney, out. You're right, it's Disney,
0: because most of them, Justin Timberlake himself also started on the Mickey Mouse yeah. Club.
2: Mm-hmm
1: yeah the fact that any of them make it out in any kind of psychological intactness is a miracle because it's just like that much money fame mm-hmm. attention oh, yeah. ju- with your brain and your emotional awareness developing it's it's got if be, you have
2: anything less than stellar parents right, in that scenario right, <laughs> right. And the fact that, like it's
1: almost like I'm not saying that all i don't I don't know but i've always wondered about like the parents of these children that like you know this going in and yet you push your children to it to it anyway you right know? you
0: have to you have to know what would happen Is right you, first of all you are just materially benefiting from your child until uh-huh. that child becomes an adult right uh so there's that <laughs> in problem. some cases
2: until they're older than 37 at least yeah,
1: yeah exactly there's, there's perverse incentives to to put it mildly in these relationships and right uh, and it
0: seems like Miley Cyrus is one of those people who didn't I mean I wouldn't say that her messing around with uh, different genres of music and doing drugs and things like that I think those are relatively normal like 20 year old experiences she just had to live it in front of the entire world right so yeah. it felt like maybe this episode was her own kind of like therapy.
1: Or, like, commenting on how it feels to not have ownership of your own look and, your, your, and the words coming out of your mouth and to have to be on all the time. and
0: Right, because uh, in this, and, and in this episode, she is playing under 18.
1: I don't know how she feels about her dad. Because there, the, the, if, if that's true, then there's also a lot of pointed commentary about your blood relatives taking advantage of you under the guise of being your mentor. Too. Right.
0: I've been following Miley Cyrus for a while. I've never been a fan of just her music just because I wasn't a fan. I would never watch the Disney Channel. She, uh, I remember there was this big blow up when she did a, a spread for Vanity Fair and Annie Leibovitz took uh-huh. the photographs. Her father was there and present, but Miley Cyrus was nude. Uh Um, She was like covered by a towel. Of course, she's not naked as 16 maybe in front of all of these people, but that was a huge deal and issue. It was weird. And it seems like she's mostly had a supportive family. Mm. She worked out all of these, this crazy phase, and then she became this huge advocate, vocal advocate for women and LGBT rights years ago. Um, I, I really have become a Miley Cyrus fan without actually being a Miley Cyrus music fan.
2: Not a fan of her work.
0: Right, but her uh, work. But her, her other work, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right,
2: sure, right. It's like seeing what's that joke
1: about seeing uh, seeing pizza on the Chinese buffet. It's like I see you over there doing your thing, and I respect it, but I'm I, I just it's, it's just, just not for just, me. It's just not for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hmm. Exactly. But her
2: other pizza,
1: yeah, yeah, real yeah. good. Yeah. Um. I. So I. Yeah. I mean, it. The thing is, is it didn't feel like Black Mirror because it's very slapsticky. You know, because uh, the right. whole the whole conceit is her aunt to get ultimate control over her, puts her in a medical coma and then attaches this dream device to her. That's allegedly her writing her music in her coma. And it's a tragic story. Right, right, right. And yeah. They're building this holographic system that can replicate her. And she's just going to waste. And after they get like a couple albums from her, they're going to pull her plug and it'll make her sales go even that much higher. Yeah. But the fatal flaw is they've released this line of uh, robot companions. That they sell to lonely young girls who replicate their personality and it's kind of like one of those google at home devices where you can talk to it and it'll answer and except
0: it's got like her consciousness and personality it sort actually of has uploaded her entire, into all of them to make yeah. her more realistic but but so,
1: it's, but it's a cost as a cost cutting measure they've crippled it by just like you know locking out her higher cognitive uh, functions and there's a an event that unlocks that for one of these toys. Right. And it'd becomes... So there's this
0: parallel story running of these two girls who are about the same age. They uh-huh. might be twins. The sisters. Uh sharing the same room and you can see that they're dealing with the death of their mother and that their father isn't really present, doesn't know how to do this by himself. So the girls separately in their own, you know, polar opposite ways find comfort within this Ashley Two doll. One by like rebelling against it and uh Then Miley Cyrus is, well, we're just spoilers for the whole thing. No, I'll just
1: say the setup then becomes there's a madcap adventure with the robot and the two girls. Right, she gets locked in the music
0: machine. And yeah.
1: And that's the thing. It's like, then it feels like a madcap caper. But it's got Mm -hmm. all, it's like all of the Black Mirror Mm -hmm. elements, except for it's about pop music and it's funny. It's like very tongue in cheek, right? It's
0: about it's about it's about a bunch of young women learning how to be confident in themselves in different ways, and then it has
1: a happy ending, yeah, where everybody gets what they want, mm-hmm. which is also very un Black Mirror. So I can, I don't, but it the worst? I don't know.
0: I mean, it wasn't like poorly acted or anything. It was just it was just it was cute, and yeah. which I guess that's not what you come to Black Mirror for.
1: And it's an unconventional mm-hmm. season of Black Mirror, so I think people were poised to, yeah you know the the one that's the oddest duck to pick peck it apart
0: (laughs) the thing that i think you'll find most interesting jim is that nine inch nails let them use the song uh head like a hole so what they did was in the beginning while she was a pop star they rewrote the lyrics so it's all this poppy positivity. Hmm. I've got ambition okay. and verve. I'm gonna get what I deserve. Mm-hmm. And then when she becomes her actual self at the <laughs> end, it's on
2: a new. Yeah, she meaning. wants to be
0: a rock star. She's in a corner bar and she's singing the actual head like a whole song. Huh. Yeah, okay,
2: it's kind of neat. Uh, yeah, I thought. Surprised I d- that, tr- yeah. I, was,
1: I thought that Resner and Nine Inch Nails was more protective of their work than that. Like, uh, I, the, but I could you also see World him being really and... into Black Mirror too.
2: Yeah yeah i could see that
1: and he also let uh johnny cash cover Mm -hmm, hurt Hurt. so maybe he does like seeing that kind of genre bending and and i could also see him being an unironic huge fan of uh what charlie's doing with with black mirror right but
0: i i loved it because i think you guys asked this or posed this question before maybe multiple times but you have this pop star you're gonna write a fully actualized brand new pop song that everyone believes is great or just work with something that's already out there. Well, it's also it. like yeah. the
1: Tupac hologram. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, what, or like the Grand Moff Tarkin or Princess Leia. Like, where does the line between a corporation jack and your persona for its own furtherance? Like, and where does like, you know, well, this guy died and what he recorded, he recorded and what he did as a concert. He didn't like, let's leave him in the grave. Right. There's a lot of those I, 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 honestly yeah the more i think about it, the more this does wrestle with a lot of interesting issues right, it's just, the, no the, one cared because miley
0: cyrus the concept of like who you can trust when you're that high up like her aunt and her manager her, was her actively doctor. screwing her yeah and she had one of those on-call doctors that was only for her and over medicating her with who knows what yeah
1: mm-hmm. keeping her uh you know
0: yeah people that her supposed to be her most trusted advisors just taking advantage of a young woman yeah Hmm. So it's got to be the experience of a lot of people out there in entertainment.
1: Yeah, it, I, honestly, if it had, if they had just gone and like maybe Miley dies, you know, uh, Ashley, uh, Ashley, th- there is no happy ending. I wonder if people. Like if there was that cost or, you know, that kind of like oh, at the end that you're kind of associate Black Mirror with, if people yeah. would have liked it more. Because, yeah, the more I think about it, it was like this was a very a lot of serious subjects taken with a lot of like tongue in cheek and camp and, you know,
0: humor. was one. of Yeah, it was a funny episode as well. Right. Uh, they crash. Apparently you can just drive directly into Madison Square Garden from the road she knew yeah. that because she's performed there before yeah
1: the robot was telling her telling the kids all the secret backdoor superstar passages into it yeah
0: yeah, it was fun <laughs>
1: hmm. hey before we get to the next topic I want to talk about stuff going around and on and near and under bald move uh, we just saw a bald movie last night men in black international
2: uh yeah okay yeah, it's okay, you know, it's, it's, okay.
1: A, it's a fun early summer movie but uh, pretty forgettable next week we've got toy story 4 called insanely high stakes for a franchise that was perfect uh yeah. we'll have a full review of that out uh, next thursday we also released our qa f- our 50 million downloads qa extravaganza celebration where we had over four hours no no three over hours. three hours you don't have to oversell less it. hours than i advertised <laughs> But still impressive. Three hours of us taking mm-hmm. s- crazy, silly, and serious questions uh, about ourselves and our past and Bald Move's future from you, the listener. Uh, you can check it out in this year Bald Move TV feed. It uh, just came out this week. should be easy to find. Uh, also, uh, Bald Move is happy to support Pride Month. Uh, you can actually get a rainbow version of Bald Move's logo at merch.baldmove.com, and all proceeds uh, go to benefit the Trevor Project. Uh, which uh, aims to reverse the uh, suicide rate amongst uh, young LGBT teens. That's kind of a crisis in our country and around the world. Uh, so 100% of the proceeds from that. I think I'm going to I'm wearing one right now. It's a snazzy little tribal. balloon I think I'm going to r- look really good at fest next weekend. Um, so if you can, you want to check that out. It's uh, com. Uh All right, let's move on to what uh, the series gin, which is a, I think a six part series um, that's, was shot in Jordan and is based on the Islamic co- concept of jinn, which is an order of spirit beings that are below the angels. And unlike angels, they can be both good and evil, and they have various powers. They can uh, possess people. They can shapeshift. Uh, and this introduces this cast of likable teenagers uh, doing likable teenager stuff and some despicable teenager stuff. And at the very, towards the very end of the episode, the jinn is kind of revealed, I think. Or maybe it's a herald of the gin. I'm I'm not sure, mm-hmm. uh, but there's they 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 really slow boil the supernatural stuff. What did everybody think of gin?
0: I watched. I was able to watch two episodes.
2: Oh, okay. I only S- got one.
0: The first episode. I was I was into it. I'm not a big fan of like high school teenager stuff. Yeah, but it had enough supernatural that I was and some a little bit of like gore to it more than I was expecting.
1: Yeah, that's. It's. It's. I would compare it to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, only Islamic, but the language, the like, like someone gets pissed on, mm-hmm. uh, and the the kind of like the gruesomeness and gore was more much like HBO than CW.
0: Yeah, yeah. Wasn't expecting to see that guy fall off that cliff. Right. Um, it does delve into that in the second episode. However, it's it becomes like a. It becomes like a let's sneak this genie into high school, and he'll pretend to be one of the fellow kids oh, type no. of thing. Yeah, there's more than one Jin. There's three that I've counted so far. I
2: assume there were at least two. There'd be a good uh, one and a bad one. Yeah, I, I was guessing that the the nerdy guy's out of nowhere senior girlfriend mentor. I don't know what the fuck she is. I'm assuming I she's, she's a, a Jin. Jin yes. too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes, I was, if that felt obvious as soon as she showed up. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, and that one kid was possessed, which made him kill himself, I okay. think.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, it possesses yet another kid. Is this in the first or second episode? Mm, it's
2: gotta be the Nasir. second. Nice year? Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, one of the kids goes up in front of a school assembly and uh, slits his own throat.
2: Oh, no, that's the first one. Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: So, yeah, that kid... Um, Yeah, there's three. You don't know really who to trust because it seems like all djinn are bad. (laughs) Even the good ones are trying to tell you that they're good, but when they see Mm. something bad happening to you and they're protecting you, they hurt other people. Mm. Um, But it just seems they're
1: anti heroes,
0: right? And there's like some will they won't they kind of like high school it it just i don't think it's something that i'm going to finish it wasn't nearly as supernatural as i wanted it to be i
1: think it's interesting though to see like you know buffy is a uniquely anglo-saxon christian thing uniquely like, american i think it, it yeah. has to it ha- like very rooted that, that that culture and this felt exactly like that and there's a bunch of like i don't know what things are considered hardcore in American culture that the rest of the world probably are insane level of violence I've mm-hmm. heard that from a couple people like you know if they if they find out that I'm an American I'm in a uh, and I'm talking to them, they're like is it like this or that and it's like no not not really and then Do you, you, you pull out your gun, gun and, your and you say and no, no yeah. safety's <laughs> on come on right yeah I mean it's just it's, uh, it's a small arms this isn't uh, I I it's interesting because like I thought when the kid fell in the pit and the dude like pissed on him like <laughs> it's interesting because I I didn't know whether, because like on Buffy, for example, or any kind of show about like these high school, the bullying is often very almost whitewashed. It seems like it's more horseplay and hijinks. They very rarely show like how fucking dehumanizing bullying is, you know, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. also like a guy like, you know, uh, slapping um, McFly in the head. And he's kind of like hassled, but he's not really torn up about it. Um, whereas like this kid get thrown in a pit and pissed on and the other kids laughing at him and the the other guys like, just like, come on, let's go. All right. You've pissed on him. Come on, come on, get your pit, dick, put it back. But come on, let's go. Come on. And it's I'm like, is that actually, did they mean it to be that hardcore or is like pit pissing the equivalent of slapping you on the forehead and going to fly in Jordan?
0: I mean, yeah, uh-huh. that guy just seems like. A super asshole.
1: Right. And right. That was the point. But so am yeah. I. Am I supposed to understand that this kid is like teenage, dick bag extreme, or is he just kind of like a run of the mill b- bully? Because that's like that's like a heinous act. But I'm not sure if it's a culture like culturally. No, no. no
0: I I think those okay. kinds of extreme bullies exist in America.
1: No. Yeah. all right oh, yeah. But I'm I saying it's portraying I know them as such some. on uh, a television show would be like this isn't your average bully. This guy's like a fucking psychopath.
0: Yeah, I think you need the motivation for that kid to be as angry as he is, mm. who got bit by the scorpion, which I assume is how the gin got into him, not mm. bit, stung.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the gin was in the piss. I mean,
0: but he could have...
2: <laughs> <in the> <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, he could have died down there if that if the other genie hadn't showed up to save him uh-huh. right a that's, s- that's scorpion bites could or stings could be fatal
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well and just mm-hmm. falling in a pit and dying of exposure can be can be
2: fatal yeah so. a cold night in the desert could kill you right <laughs> you know? yeah
1: that, but i was like wondering how much of this is just like you know extreme for extreme sake and how much of it's like a cultural thing and how much of it is just uh no this kid is actually fucking shaitan sh- sh- um so, yeah, I, I think they I, just
0: needed to justify him dying yeah. later to make you not feel bad about his death.
1: Um, yeah, oh, it maybe. Yeah, I mean,
2: I didn't feel bad about him dying.
1: <laughs> that's true. That's true. You left, you, you pissed on a, a kid and left him for dead. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're a pretty big piece of shit. Uh, yeah, I don't have any plans because even even allowing for the fact it's YA it's also a little bit more almost power Rangers in the production level and like acting talent and costuming it's like in between kind of like a Buffy quality and that and it is very YA and I I don't have a lot of interest although this next one Layla which is Mm -hmm. this like Indian dystopia uh I found really fascinating and wanting to explore the world a lot more um I don't even know how to describe this because I feel like I'm still halfway through the setup.
0: Yeah, it's a futuristic dystopian set like in, 50 20, in the future. set in 2047. Okay, where it's it's got the Handmaid's Tale kind of. We're going backwards, and women are being um, subjugated. Women and specifically, but I think it's mostly like a religious type of segregation that yeah. they're trying to keep cast. A, yeah, a caste it didn't system. seem
2: sexual like handmaid's tale it was more about like control of these people through religious means mm-hmm. right
0: exactly and keeping bloodlines pure um, yeah yeah right there's a lot of like interesting technology though it's it it's grounded enough in what you know current day surroundings and things look like that you could see this being a near future mm-hmm. and i think that was their implication mm-hmm.
2: i want to know what happened because it seems like it's a hellscape they 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 talk about water and clean air being you know scarce um and right. extremely valuable is it just you know we continue down the path we're on right and 30 years from now this is what it looks like Overpopulation or and climate, did something yeah. else happen i don't know because it is very sci-fi too right they have like holographic yeah. but solid chambers that they can spawn in any yeah. location and uh it, it seems like there was some sci-fi element there, or maybe just well, future but, tech. But,
1: but when you get outside the city proper, it's almost not quite Mad Max. Maybe the first yeah, yeah, mad, yeah. mad Max, like
2: uh-huh. you know, not,
1: not the Road Warrior. Well, everybody f- has
2: motorcycles and cars and stuff. But, but it's, it's still
1: like you could see some vestiges of society. Yeah. But there's people with, like get fucking gas masks, and the air looks like it's goddamn poison, and it's just a, a barren wasteland. I, I, it feels right. like maybe there was.
0: You hear that there's war, labor camps. Or, yeah,
1: yeah but um
2: yeah and, and they mention a couple of factions right the, look i'm all for eliminating douches in society but uh-huh. uh did you it watch the, like the subtitles to- on no so i watched half of Jin with subtitles and i was like i'm just reading subtitles here i'm not seeing any of the action so mm. i turned on the english dub uh for that and then also for layla so okay
0: uh, the spelling of the word douche makes different. me think it means something different than douche. It, it, it absolutely is. does. It it's is. a but sect I couldn't figure of their one.
2: society. It's like... I think it's fictional, though. I, I tried. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. okay. Uh, I
0: right, think
2: it's okay. a it's a part of the world that they're creating. It's it's uh, like Hutus and Tutsis, right? It's like <laughs> these these two factions that have been at war and the douches have been eliminated. <laughs>
0: right.
2: Uh, or all but eliminated and being called a douche is like one of the worst offenses mm-hmm. because now the our uh, Ar- Aryadva or so- something like that. I can't remember Arastroka. the word. Uh, th- they're kind of like the dominant power now in in their society. Yeah, um, it's interesting because like you, you,
1: it does seem like it is uh, a, a a culture that's segmented more on like racial, like caste and culture and like so- yeah. social status lines than gender. But for whatever reason, it does. This first episode, anyway, focuses on kind of, like, the plight of women and this mm-hmm. um, very Orwellian-sounding women's welfare center, which is just a re-education camp. Um, and there's a lot of wild... Like, like the, the pissing on the youth, like, the equivalent of this is, like, where the woman was forced to marry a dog. Yeah. I'm like... I mean I've seen some fucked up shit in Handmaid's Tale, but like that like that whole like the ritual humiliation they put these women through, like mm-hmm. um I, I feel like there's more to that, because, like you have all these men that they're eating and they washing their hands and they make the women roll around into garbage to recognize how like they're dirt and they're they're waste but something maybe can grow from that mm-hmm. and
0: now, there's a purity test that they can pass. Oh Christ. Yeah. Once they um Once they can prove that they've forgotten, because I think most of these people have had children with someone with a different religious uh, background. Yeah,
1: they're mixed mixed blood or something. Right,
0: so if they can stop acknowledging their previous husbands and children, then they can become pure. Uh And I don't know what that means or where they go. Well, that's... Probably still to the labor camp, just even more broken people.
1: Yeah, I don't want to Mm -hmm. spoil it, but, like, how that worked out, like, I was trying to think of, like, okay, this is going to be fucked up, whatever it is, and the way it... I
0: think we're in spoilers territory, right? I can
2: go for spoilers on the first episode of a Okay, well, then, like, so, like, when the the
1: purification test was just simply almost like a Milgram experiment, only for real, Mm -hmm. like, okay, you've passed, now all you got to do is kill these other two women of your same cast that you probably, I think, even know... And you're pu- you're, you prove you're pure because these are undesirable and they need to be eliminated. Mm-hmm. And the woman who refused to do it gets cast out and sent to a labor camp. And I knew that these women were going to die. Mm-hmm. And I, but I figured the guy would just push the button to show just how futile like your resistance was. But they brought in another woman, and I'm like, oh, fucking, this is the woman is like she's more gun ho to do yeah. whatever she's with to get out of this fucking place. And she did it. And then you, you threw out – is like a background scene or, or background details that she's not allowed to leave because she can only leave if her husband or brother picks her up. Father her, or brother. Her, fa- her father's dead. Her brother doesn't want her to inherit her. This, so he's like, keep her at the fucking re-education camp. Mm-hmm. So she did that. Like They found a way to even shock me for how brutal and emotionally <laughs> devastating that's going to be. Because now right. you've got this character who did something despicable and didn't even get liberation for it. Right. Uh
0: um, and along those lines of despicable fathers and brothers, her brother gives her a phone call before those people come in and attack them in the pool, killing her husband and mm-hmm, taking her away. Mm-hmm. Her brother definitely sold her out, right? I. Why would he call and say, just want to make sure you're home?
1: yeah no there's some yeah 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 there's some but i yeah. i'm not sure how much that that was just set up and how much is that is going to like be i guess i'll be relevant it's i mean, could be yeah. trying to get
2: into the ranks you know yeah like okay well that's I can either test. i can either live out in this shitty world fighting literally fighting for water yeah. or i can go in where they you know will at least give me the basic needs.
1: No, it does seem like that's big. Like, like authoritarianism is all about big on like self-reporting culture, like rewarding yeah, that. And yeah, then like also sure. once you do it, then they've got you because you've mm-hmm. already compromised your ideals and integrity and you'll do it again. Yeah. Um, did you guys think at the end, cause there's a, um, so when she's being signed or re- reassigned her education to re- her, to labor camp and the bus comes to pick her up, this one guy gives her like this pacifier Mm-hmm. Was he being compassionate or cruel to her? Because
2: I f- I thought compassionate. Because I, I felt like
1: yeah, but maybe also he's being cruel. Because I don't know. I, I there's I got a weird energy, and then like it, it did have a weird energy. I'll I'll agree. What did he mean by "you're a level five? I category thought five. Yeah. category five. The category five because <laughs> like she got elevated, and I thought that the mistake they made is they put her back in her clothes, which was a higher status person or something, and she was going to be able to like get off that bus because the guy who was transporting her didn't know that she was a criminal instead of a whatever. But then the bus got flipped over anyway, and it doesn't seem like it's going to matter. But I wondered, like, what is that? Did you guys know? Did I miss something in the Category 5, or that's just a world-building element that I don't?
0: Yeah, no, I think they're just saying that there's subsets of Even amongst the, like, condemned
1: criminals, that, like, you still can't... Don't sit in the fucking untouchable seat. I I don't know.
0: Right, exactly. Maybe Category 5... Yeah. is kind of the worst right because of her failing the purity test yeah. i'm not sure i didn't see an explanation of that
2: i assume they're setting something up for later well
1: plus i also series. read an article from an indian woman who who uh obviously writes in english because i couldn't wouldn't understand her otherwise but she was saying that like there's a lot of like right on commentary about the current political situation going on hmm. in india so like honestly i don't I don't really know no, I, what's going on in India. No, I, my... I can't
2: keep my arms around what's going on here. Yeah. 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 Forget forget Brexit, forget what's going on in India. Like right. I got my hands full.
1: Yeah. So I um I, I think that's there's there's probably a lot of stuff that um, we might assume as, like, fictional world-building elements, but they're actually, like, if you were from India, you're like, oh, that's referring to this political hot-button issue. So I yeah. kind of think it's, it's kind of neat. Um, I mean, and- that's
2: what Netflix is going for, right? They're trying to become more <sighs> multicultural and yeah. appeal to broader audiences, and mm-hmm. I think they're doing a good job. I mean, they, I can't recall having seen any anything coming out of the middle east that i sat down and said hey i want to watch that mm-hmm. because it, i just haven't been exposed to it yeah and, and I, netflix is changing that mm-hmm. so they are but cool. they also
1: are not surfacing this content like i i had to go looking for both but they don't of these
2: surface the, yeah that's th- true th- anything man like i would did think, you know that jessica jones premiered today how the i fuck heard it was going to but i didn't know it was today how the fuck
1: did we miss <laughs> right? like we are making it our jobs to stay on top of this shit how the hell <laughs> what Come on, Netflix!
2: They didn't have it on their own damn website. Also, the day that I sat
1: out to watch The Punisher when it premiered, couldn't find it anywhere. Jessica Jones just was there to greet me when I got up this morning. Hey, how you been? Saw you didn't see episode. You didn't even watch season
2: two, but you're probably (laughs) back
1: for season three, right? Whereas The Punisher, I'd watched everything. And what Punisher? Their
2: surfacing of content is bad, but their production of content is actually pretty good good in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. They're like, Jessica Jones, you've seen enough. Layla, it's her time.
1: But this also, Maybe. the other thing is, like, this film...
0: Finding Layla.
1: The, the production quality of this show is really, really high, too. Like, <laughs> Jin is is kind of, like, mid, mid-tier. This is right up there with, like, The Kingdom or any of the best I've seen from... Uh, you know, American uh, mm-hmm. f- film and television production studios. It looks
2: great. I think yeah. it helps that the scale is so small in this episode. That's true because you're really in like a single building. Mm-hmm. You're in like two buildings: the the swimming pool area of somebody's house, mm-hmm. and then this compound. I well, wonder how much time they'll spend in the wasteland. I have yeah, seen, like, seen
0: episodes we'll two already, and it uh, does a lot of filling are, in those gaps. You're just you're watching ahead of
2: everybody here. allowed to make us look bad. Yeah. I thought, I thought we were doing two episodes working. of everything. Uh, oh, well, your mistake. We only do it was one also, I
0: couldn't, I couldn't stop watching it. It's, oh. it's really good. Six no, def- episodes, think... so maybe if we can all watch it, the rest of them, before next Friday, if we want to catch up.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see Monday how much extra shit we have to watch, but yeah, right. it's possible.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I think it's something that I am interested in finishing because I've seen a lot of dystopias. I haven't seen one that looks like this, mm-hmm. and um, it looks pretty cool. Okay, before we move on, I want to talk about the club, club.baldmove.com. Uh, as you're probably aware, we did a 50 million QA celebration Uh, and released it in this feed and it was a lot of fun and we've gotten some good feedback on it and just wanted to let you know that it's essentially lunch with jim and aaron that's the format we talk about a little bit of stuff maybe up front but it's mostly q a and us trying to be you know funny and charming and and clever with our fans uh, and it's all there There's like 200 some episodes Available at com. There's a new one out every Friday As you would imagine Lunch with Jim and Aaron Oh, there's nothing Lunch with Jim and Aaron Fridays Lunch with Jim and Aaron That occurs on Fridays That you wouldn't probably expect From the title of it <laughs> But it does come out on Fridays, and it's Lunch with Jim and Aaron, and the format is accurate. And you can get over 200 of them at com by signing up. You can preview one for free in addition to the celebration, the five, 50 million celebration one. Uh, and that's that's how we're able to release 50 million podcasts in the first place. Your guys's generous support. Uh, if you'd like to join the legion of people that are club, proud, proud club bald movers. There's a few shameful ones, too. I know there's some shame memberships <laughs> oh, out yeah. there. Uh, But we're happy to have the pride. We're happy to have the shame. Send it to club.baldmove.com where you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. That's right. Get a bunch of free stuff. Start a free trial at club.baldmove.com. Moving on to the final thing that we have to talk about, which is Leonardo DiCaprio's follow-up to a documentary he did a couple years back, um, also on global warming. This is Ice and Fire. Uh, a new ice doc- on fire. Sorry, so the ice, song on, of ice fire. on fire. The song of so ice <laughs> on fire. So I know it's is, on
2: HBO, but come on. This is a uh, another
1: documentary talking about uh, the effects of global warming, global climate change, um, gl- climate disruption, mm-hmm. which is the the word they rolled out here. A good term. Um, I, I so. I feel like one thing I did, and I, I don't know if we want to talk about it now or later on, uh, because like in t- more and more, I feel like that when we do these things, uh, you know, there's certain percentage of the audience that already is kind of on board, and there's a certain percentage of the audience that is not, and it's like increasing. I feel like why are we even doing this if if it doesn't move the needle? And I thought that like what I what I wanted to do is I I went out and got a con- like a well respected or seemingly well respected conservative source, and I wanted to like. Talk about some of the points that they were raising an issue with this um but I don't know if we want to do that now or towards the end yeah, or no, okay, because otherwise, like just our general opinion on the documentary it looked great, yeah,
0: yeah, it was uh, great right. it was it really round. it's really accessible for me personally, who you know I have an idea of what's going on, uh-huh. but it really laid out some facts in a non pandery way.
1: It was, like, more hopeful than I was expecting and mm-hmm. that, like, hey, there's actually some solutions, and maybe the profit motive has finally swung to where those will get some traction. Um, there's but, only
0: one dead animal.
1: Uh, so I I, I I looked up on the Federalist, and I the Federalist aim from their website is to lean to the political right with small-c conservatism equipped with the populist respect for middle-class reader outside of New York and Washington and abiding love for America at a time when snark and cynicism were considered... Smart substitutes or substitutes for smart analysis. Uh, this was written by Josh Lawson and it's called Leonardo DiCaprio's Ice on Fire documentary is a climate alarmist dream. Um, so, the one thing that I want to talk about is what do we think about? Because he, the Josh here, took uh, Leo to task for changing global warming to climate change to now climate disruption. And he characterizes that as kind of like a weaselly retreat from the truth. Like, well, it turns out the planet's not getting hot everywhere, so it can't be global warming. It's got to be global climate change. And it turns out the ch- the climate isn't changing faster than you want it to be, so it's climate disruption because that could mean it. I think yeah, there's I- actually a little bit of measure. I think that, that this is a tactical error that... Climate change proponents have made like they should have stuck to global warming.
2: Well, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's fought. definitely a reaction to the way that those terms have been spun and portrayed, um, in, in the discussion, the discourse, yeah, uh,
0: right. Because I've heard more than one person on an unseasonably cool day in August say, Where's right. your global warming now,
1: right. right. But or we should have taken really those. Cold in the we should have taken those opportunities to engage on that, rather than like, okay, well, you're right. It's actually climate change. But that
2: requires a nuanced, dedicated discussion. And our uh, a lot of our problem here is that the outlets that we're getting our information from, such as like Twitter, mm-hmm. don't allow for that expansion on context, right?
1: i think you're right but you're we're still just metaphorically kicking like we're essentially saying well like there is nuance here so instead of bringing in the nuance we're going to give it a facelift which makes it seem like we're retreating from the truth or we're equivocating
2: i would call it adjusting to the realities of the conversation
1: it doesn't seem like it's work though is what i'm saying is from an outside perspective if you're skeptical of climate global warming and you lived in the 70s where scientists were like, you know, there was some evidence that we might be entering into an uh, ice age and now we add global warming. And now we've got climate change and climate disruption. Oh, we get a tornado and the climate got disrupted. What the fuck? I feel like that we should – maybe that's a valid criticism. We should have stood our ground and been like, you know what? Mm. This is average temperature of the globe. It is increasing. The ice is melting. The seas are rising. They're getting more acidic. The – uh, bread baskets are going to turn to debt. like you just be- you- we have to have these conversations anyway so don't fucking make it seem like it was a rhetorical retreat when you ch- keep changing your thing and I was kind of dismayed even before I read Josh's article here on the Federalist I was kind of dismayed to hear like all this climate disruption because it-, it hit my ear I was like fuck we hmm. are w- climate change is not good enough anymore we got to talk about in terms of climate disruption like what the fuck anyway so you gotta you gotta you might, you might have a point there Josh I want to give it to you. Uh, He continues, one of the opening paragraphs reads, It's hard to dispute evidence that human beings have released a lot of CO2 in the atmosphere during the past 250 years. That this has affected the planet is also a safe bet. Where there is still debate, and whether DiCaprio and his supporters want to recognize it or not, is over how much is attributable to mankind and what will the planetary impact be if we stay on this course.
2: Did the person writing this article watch the documentary? (laughs) because i came away from it actually one of the most um the the most enlightening things to me was just how accurately we can measure humans contributions yeah like there's this whole 10 minute chunk of the documentary that deals with like c c14 carbons Mm -hmm. uh versus carbons without this c14 molecule Mm -hmm. in them um or without that 14 part yeah uh and how you can tell like those are carbons that we've dug out of the ground and burned we can we can astonishingly accurately measure those mm-hmm. so i i don't understand how you could you could say that we're unable to know how much of this is human contribution we can see it in the air
1: mm-hmm. well the thing is like i used to i used to be like i i used to be the type of person that small c conservatism appealed to uh, and I used to try to be what I considered a rational conservative. And I passed I used to be what I would call a climate denier. And it got to the point in about the late 90s, early 2000s, where, you know, the consensus was and like it's, it's since then become like 97 percent of the world's climatologists say that it's it's not just that they say that the, wor- the, the earth is getting warmer, which I feel like Josh here, uh, Josh Lawson is admitting to. Like it's yeah, yeah, of course. And there is carbon. But he's still trying to make it seem like that there's not broad consensus. But this ninety seven percent of climatologists <laughs> includes that the the earth is getting warmer and it's caused by human emissions.
2: Yeah. There human is activity. not
1: any any dispute, serious dispute in scientific circles that those things are true. And yet Josh, even be that that was true before this documentary came out, but as you pointed out, we have more and more ways to determine that this is true. I was uh at a wedding reception three years ago randomly and struck up a conversation with uh a woman who was uh doing post-doctorate research uh as a climate paleo- uh, a paleoclimatologist, <laughs> and her job was going to find these volcanic rocks that capture little bubbles of the atmosphere as they're performed and you can actually slice them open and run them through a spectrograph and given that you know the age of the rock you can tell the the atmospheric composition of the Earth at any given time that you want, and like you said, this C fourteen, this stuff. Like we have, it's not. I feel like people feel, feel like these are just like this this ice cap shit. Like oh, we got one number, and maybe it's scary. Who knows? Like dozens and dozens of independent verifications of the Earth's ancient climate yeah. versus modern climate, and when this when this temperature started war have come in. Mm-hmm. And again, it's ninety seven percent of the world scientists like. If you went to 97 uh-huh. percent of the world's doctors and they said you have got a form of cancer that's caused by alcohol, and the health effects may, may uh, go from like moderate to catastrophic, uh-huh. and you got to stop drinking today if you got any, if you're going to have any hope to uh, avoid that. Do you think it's not serious? Do you, do you take the three percent of the doctors that say you know what, it's not a problem or it's not as big as uh, wh- who? Who or, believes that number over to ninety seven percent? I
0: mean, here's the thing: you got to ask yourself. Maybe those three percent are right, but what's the harm in trying? Yeah, to Pascal's wager: not drink for a while. Maybe <laughs> but, we. Well, maybe... I
2: mean, in that scenario, yeah, but th- there's a lot of cost involved. I mean, there, there's a lot of cost and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, to, to quote the or reorganization of human activities right. that will have to happen. So th- there is a big price to pay to, to fix this. I think we're too far along. In this process to not pay the price
1: Well they also The the other aspect of this guy's statement is But the risk is still there if you don't Yeah well that's so. Okay here's the risk because the the other thing that Josh said in that Is like how much is attributed to mankind And what is the planetary impact if we stay on this course He's right We don't know exactly When certain milestones were hit We don't know what the final tipping points will be We do know that we're in one of the largest Extinctions ever right now um, mm-hmm. And it's it's we're the cause of it. We do know that carbon is like super unnaturally high and we're the cause of it. We know that the temperature global t- climate temperature is already cr- uh, uh, risen by two degrees Celsius. And as I thought, one of the dramatic things in this documentary is just watching like 30 years of satellite photo of the polar ice caps. Yeah shrinking then growing because it gets cold in the winter mm-hmm. and they shrink and they grow <laughs> uh. they shrink and they grow but there's they shrink and they grow each time. and then they show the superimposition of like 30 years ago ice cap versus today and like you realize holy shit how much of it is gone mm-hmm. and that's that's the so we'll begin in this next paragraph I want to talk about um, he says scientist Jim White is cited in documentary that once we start emitting between 600 and 700 parts per million of atmospheric CO2 we will end See the end of all land ice on the planet and a resulting 252 foot rise in the sea level. Ice on Fire estimates the current level of
2: CO2 to be around 400 parts per million, with an average increase of two parts per million each yeah. year. Let's, let's make a distinction. Ice on Fire does not estimate that. The scientists, D- they measured did they feature it. They actually measured it. In Ice on Fire, has measured this, this was as 400 This was or an whatever it is an accurate measurement yeah. at the fucking polar.
1: Yes. Cap, where there are no factories. Uh, I, Leonardo
2: DiCaprio didn't just take a guess here. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, using these figures, it would take around 125 years to get the ice ex- extinction event that White foretells, not accounting for new research suggesting Arctic sea ice may be expanding. Now, this is a link to a paper we're going to get to in a minute. What is the problem
2: from just watching the documentary and having to understand? What's the problem with Josh's statement they, here? They spend so much time in this documentary talking about the the overall, like, all of the factors that are contributing to this and how... Every factor that you sort of turn on here, whether it be more methane being released because of the ice melting mm-hmm. uh, from these these prehistoric lakes uh, they talk about how each of these feeds into the other and how this reaction doesn't doesn't stay constant, it's constantly growing mm-hmm. and so when you say, okay, we're going to calculate how many years would it take to get to this magic number of between six and seven hundred by two parts per billion or per million. If it continues to increase two parts, parts per million per year, yeah. uh, you're not factoring in the the growth of the two parts number because right. that mm-hmm. number isn't going to stay two parts for 125 years. Right. It will go to three parts and right. then six parts and then 12 parts.
1: And then if you start talking about parts per million with methane, which is like which is even a, 10 times the greenhouse effect that yeah. carbon dioxide gives you, uh, you've yeah. got you got a real problem here. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing that Josh like, okay – Let's say that using these figures, you're right, is not going to grow. It's 125 years from now till we get 252-foot rise in sea levels. What does that look like at 50 years? Are we going to, like, oh, the, yeah. the, the the world's only going to rise by 75 feet. Remember everything we said about Fukushima? Remember mm-hmm. about all the coastal nuclear reactors we got? Mm-hmm. Remember about, like, how much of the human population lives along coastlines? Remember how even now Europe is losing her fucking mind having to deal with a few million refugees?
0: Right. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to account for all of those people who are going to be moving away from their homes that are being swept out to sea and making it happen even faster.
1: So I want to talk about this article that Josh links to at the en- at the end of this statement, um, and I I will applaud him for linking to the original research because a lot of times when these guys do the sleight of hand, they linked to some kind of official sounding organization that has digested this report and taken the talking points they want and that you have to go through an additional click to see that, that, that it's wrong or
0: worse their own other articles right
1: <laughs> um but this one is a it, it's from a, a paper um and it's peer-reviewed and it's called warm arctic uh, increased winter sea ice growth question mark and it talks about the fact that sometimes uh that the ice grows in its extent more in the winter period than they would have expected based on the ice levels going into October and sometimes uh it's thicker the extent is lower but it's thicker and they didn't they didn't quite know why and there's a few um there's a few negative feedback loops that cause this for example uh sometimes when the water's just right the ice grows in extent which means its coverage area is very big but it's very thin mm-hmm. um and the reason okay the reason that the polar caps are important is because they increase the reflection of the earth. Um, white reflects a lot of heat and energy back into space. Whereas, you know, dark ocean and dark earth absorbs, absorbs that warmth. So as the, ice shrinks it's one of those feedback mechanisms it grows and grows and grows but they've seen some outside of what they expected variability on those so like when it's when it's broad and wide it's good because it's reflecting a lot of uh radiation back into space but it's thin so it's going to melt very quickly in the spring and the warmth accelerates even faster some conditions the ice grows very thick but it doesn't spread out and while that stays along better in the spring the entire ocean is denuded of more ice, so it's getting warmer. And if you, can, if you scroll down to the conclusion, uh, the, the last sentence of it says, uh, after they talked about all these confounding factors and all this stuff, it says thus the negative feedback mechanism increasing ice growth, which, again, it's more than they expected, but it's still less than it was the year before. The overall trend is still going down. Thus, the negative feedback mechanism increasing ice growth appears unlikely to be sufficient in preventing an ice-free Arctic this century. This (laughs) report that he cited as evidence that winter ice is increasing, which is true to an extent, its own conclusion says that, no, we're still going to go for an ice-free Arctic, which is going to bring all these runaway effects by the end of this century, Mm -hmm. like the documentary does. And I don't know if Josh... Intended to pull the switcheroo. I don't know whether Josh got this article from some other site that, that passes this stuff around and says it's like it's like okay. Right now the Dow Jones is like twenty six thousand. If I told you in twenty five years it's six thousand, would you think that everything was cool? Or if the Dow Jones rose from six thousand to like six thousand two hundred on a Friday, would that mean that everything's being fine? Mm-hmm. What if it drops another six hundred points on the next Monday? That's what we're seeing. The ice gets bigger, the ice shrinks, but it's never getting back to its original size. And as the polar vortex collapses and it gets a regular shape, you do get ice growth thicker where you don't normally get it. Yeah. But also you're getting below, above, this is the thing that I thought was crazy, above freezing levels in the North Pole. First time they've ever recorded it. Huh. This year? This, that's what they said in the documentary, wow. because this polar vortex, like, it's bringing warm air up further north, and it's plunging yeah. cold air further south that they recorded above freezing temperatures. That's insane. It's
0: terrifying. During the winter. So During the winter.
1: So now, so, so this guy, he says, the other thing he didn't like about, he's like, you know, that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio says earlier on, it's like, we need to listen to the dispassionate uh, and objective testimony of the scientist. And then he quotes... Uh, biologist Janine Bindiaths bluntly states, it's going to get crazy. One scientist advocates for a vague yet ominous reorganization of human activities. Another one says that fossil fuel companies are literally profiting off the death of life on Earth and that some climate denial raises to the level of a crime against humanity that should be prosecuted at the Hague. These are the quote-unquote impartial folks DiCaprio mentioned.
2: None of these are particularly out there sentiments right no that's the thing the the title of this article that you're quoting from struck me as uh a little bit dishonest because the term alarmist implies that it is not a problem Mm -hmm. that the things that they're getting worked up about are not big issues shouldn't really you know factor into our decisions all that much which is not the case with climate change right Uh, I don't know how you can look at the effects that will have 200 something feet worth of sea level rise uh, crops being unable to grow in regions that they could before huge extinction events massive natural disasters. And say that someone who says things are going to get crazy is an alarmist,
0: right? right or to discredit their actual credentials just by using a bit of hyperbole, or if, I mean, if yeah,
2: if it turns out I, that but they're... In, in this case it's not hyperbole, like saying yes. that things are going to get crazy is not hyperbole. Uh, when when you look at the actual effects. Mm-hmm. And that when these effects
1: happen, that the, we're going to have to reorganize human uh, activities as a result. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, about the most rational damn thing I've ever heard. And that's a very yeah. bland way to state it. Yes. And he's seen as ominous because he's seen like, oh, this is going to be fucking camps around. I mean, when you have like potentially hundreds of millions of people trying to get away from places where they're starving and they can't have water and it used to be a plains and now it's a dust bowl. Like,
0: does the writer that's say... That's going to
1: disrupt human, human activities. Yeah.
0: Does the writer explain how those are incorrect statements?
1: No, he just says that it's, it's an example of hyperbole because his viewpoint has to be in the middle. He's, hey, look, I get it. Right. The, the earth's warming up, but
0: maybe it's not his, so bad. Because of his lowercase c. And this person sure.
1: that's like saying... like It's like this is a guy who's got a... That, that he's seeing a person with a gun to their head and uh, they're saying, this guy's crazy. He's going to kill me and be like, come on, you're still breathing. This is all right. Yeah, like don't be an alarmist. Don't be an alarmist. You know, until the trigger is pulled, you've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. I I, but but this is like this kind of like in these, it's all told in like every single word of, of like global warming or climate change is put in scare quotes <laughs> um, he says there's in this next paragraph towards the end of the film methane releases from underneath the Arctic is purported to be an apocalyptic level threat however the scientists who discuss it in a documentary admit they don't know exactly where the methane is coming from why
2: it's increasing now and how it will affect the climate if it continues don't they this is a lie yeah I watched right? the documentary and they talk about the mounds of methane at the bottom of the sea that are leaking through and as although I think it's funny because on one hand they're like okay well the, they're dangerously close to reaching the surface of the sea. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, as the polar ice caps melt, the sea level's going to rise. Right, we'll yes. have to worry less about that. So. Well, there's Josh's <laughs> next article. You know? Oh yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's there you go.
1: It's a self-solving I expect royalties on that
2: one. I mean, I I don't I I don't I don't get it. And then he they, takes... they do explain in the documentary though exactly where that stuff's coming from. I yes, I don't and understand und- the statement. And here. it's like where, but
1: it's like okay, where does. No, the scientists don't think that, like, there's literally people, like, like exons putting the methane there to release it. Like, it's clearly a natural process, but why is a natural process happening? Because these areas are now thawing, and they're releasing this gas. Yeah. The stuff that they've been holding for centuries, it's now, and for eons, is now coming out. And it's mm-hmm. now no longer, it's no longer an, in, an issue of whether we can, like, I, it does seem like... As scary as it is, it does seem like we've passed a point to where we can just stop CO two, and we're not stopping CO two. By the way, no. we're going to have to figure out some way to sequester it and remove it mm-hmm. to to have uh, an effect. To, to to have a really good chance of blunting the very worst kind of catastrophic. And when I say catastrophic, I don't mean like uh, Roland Emmerich's fucking day after tomorrow shit. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about trillions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of people of dying and hundreds of millions of people being displaced and just untold economic devastation. Um,
0: right. Yeah. This, uh, it, I think Jim said this earlier, but this, it was surprisingly hopeful to me. I thought there were only a few, um, actual solutions that we could implement, but mm-hmm. they're listing, you know, up to t- the top 10. Uh, the most surprising one is solar energy being so low at the bottom of that list.
2: Yeah. It, um, and how wind was, you know, damn near the top, if not number one.
0: Yeah. Or the carbon sequestering that's happening. A, a, a lot of farmers are on board. Mm -hmm. Um, those are the kind of people, and I know they kind of danced around this a little bit, but I think those are the kind of people that you would expect to be, uh, supporters of, of Trump in short and supporters of people who would want to keep coal going and I around the,
1: I, I thought this is, is made a great art uh, uh that i don't understand why we're trying so damn hard to save coal because it's in, in, it increasingly affects fewer and fewer people's jobs and yeah the, the documentary fact that
0: proves that clean energy employs more people
1: so much more money and so much more employment to be had in in, in clean energy it does, opportunities. it
2: does say that i wish they would have gone into some of the numbers there i, right. I don't the maybe is, it makes it a t- 10 minute longer doc but i i would have appreciated like some charts and graphs of that because they do great jobs with charts and graphs yeah. over the course right. of this. Well, Can you
0: explain a little bit why people are fighting so hard to save coal? I mean, I have a conspiracy
1: well, it's a theory way of about life it for a lot of people. I have a conspiracy theory. It?
0: I mean, I, I, I know sure that what...
1: in the
2: region that we live in, um, and just south of us, there are a lot of people who identify as, you know, we we are the lifeblood of the nation and we mine coal and my granddad mined coal and my dad mined coal and I mine coal and oh, that's like my they favorite just, country I, album. <laughs> who <laughs> who they are is tied up in this work and I think they view it as the death of their culture oh yeah and, and so I, I I'm not saying that from like a oh look how stupid that is I'm just saying this is like
0: yeah yeah that's how these people feel the everyman I absolutely understand I that but it, I yeah. just don't know what Money there is to be had from this dying industry. Oh,
1: here's the the, so here's the where my conspiracy from the politicians. Yeah. Um, So I I, we didn't finish this conversation about this guy about the crimes against humanity and should be prosecuted at the Hague because Uh, like if you can prove it, and I think we're damn near close proving that some executives like in Exxon and Mobil were aware of this as early as the 70s that climate change was real and it's happening and they were contributing to it. If you could prove, like I, if you can prove that. Executives knew that tobacco was causing cancer and health problems and was also super addictive, and they were working to make the product more addictive and working to hide this information from the public. Mm -hmm. Would it be the worst thing if those
2: executives went to jail? They'd go to jail if they walked up in in the street and shot somebody. Yeah. Uh, Or if they sprayed acid on 10,000 people. No, if they sprayed acid on one person. Yeah, yeah. They'd they'd, go to jail. They'd go to jail Mm -hmm. for it. Uh, What they're doing is equivalent to, yeah, getting a crop duster and... Drive, flying it over New York and dropping acid on the entire town, like this is a fucking Joker plot from a Batman movie. So, so that, that's why I don't. And that's what's happening right now.
1: That's what I understand about it. Josh. Is like this isn't hyperbole. This is true, and it's
2: pr- like anyone can make a mistake and not know. Well, well, it is proven. But I mean, does we have, seem have like active people... lobbying programs yes. by these companies, and right. the science is in. 97 now percent of. The, and, and that's what I mean. Like now, the science is in. Every day that you that you continue lobbying against these regulations that we need to fix this problem you are actively contributing to it and you are actively killing people and i think that's one of the other problems is
1: because like this guy also took a shot uh josh took a shot at um and this used to bother me as a small sea conservative al gore talking about global warming but he has this seventeen thousand square house uh foot house in tennessee and he's got a jet and he flies this and that it's like how concerned is he really um I think that another – so you've got these big companies that I think are trying desperately to pivot to the green technology – uh, and they're using their money to keep the other like people from getting subsidies so they can get a leg up. And once they are got all their green ducks in a row, they'll be happy to switch to power from... And they'll oh, slap yeah. themselves on the back. Like, you can see Exxon and Mobil and BP doing it now. They, uh-huh, you'd mm-hmm. never think that these fuckers pump oil out of the ground and burn it into the sky looking at their commercials. Because right. they've to I me mean, so many damn green leaves and so many damn solar panels and so many damn wind farms that they're taking credit for. Um... But I think that by making this like the environment has been like personal sacrifice my entire life. And what I've woken up to is the fact that all of us could live like fucking Buddhist monks on this planet and would still go Mm -hmm. to hell in a handbasket because our personal consumption is a drop in the bucket to what happens with agriculture and industry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And until we approach that and that's not individual choice because we got to live, we got to eat, we got to drive places, we got to manufacture things that has to come from some sort of government oversight because mm-hmm. there's no profit motive you've for too long these people have been able to dump waste into the air and for free it's like it's yeah. like being a garbage man you don't have to pay to dump the things you can just like atomize it and turn it into the air and like you don't have to pay for anything right. and 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 they have the nerve to say that green technology is sucking on the government teeth to get subsidies that's money well if we could accelerate this process we'd all be better off mm-hmm. and yet they're dumping the shit in the air and not paying for it um, to me that 's the other thing that really moved me on this is that I thought that being conservative and like mm-hmm. letting markets work you got to find the market failures you got to find the perverse incentives and the The perverse incentives and market failures around fossil fuels are about the biggest in the world
0: right because yeah.
1: they make more money the more of this shit they come out burn up, and put it in the air and that and- kind of
0: money is appetizing enough that it can buy off the agency that was created for environmental <laughs> protection yes
2: yeah regulatory capture it's look i mean the the most disturbing (laughs) part of this to me is that we are essentially going to hand a big fat fucking reward to the people who are doing this because Mm -hmm. the people who have who have the know-how and the most money to invest in green technologies Mm -hmm. are the very people who are telling you we don't need green technologies right now and guess what they're all doing in the background Mm. while they're promoting you know how many new coal jobs were created this month Mm uh they're all working on their green energy solutions yeah and they have the money to actually make those things viable and so we're going to say it's not going to be like the fucking little guys who come up with oh i've got this small solar panel company and they're not they're going to run the world no it's going to be the guys who've been dumping this shit into the air For the last century, Mm -hmm. who are going to then pivot into green and rake in all those rewards that they're talking about in the documentary? Right. So we're just we're not going to do anything about it, and then we're just going to hand them a big reward. Right. Which is
1: the opposite of rewarding innovation and smart growth. And
2: yeah, it's it's rewarding backward backward thinking, uh, which has been going on for so long in those industries. And Mm -hmm. and when the new thinking is forced down their throats. Mm We're gonna give them all the opportunities in that because they have the money to grab those opportunities,
1: yeah um so i I don't know 'cause like the thing the, the other thing is like um there is some hope and like positivity, but I was keeping like mental track of like all these solutions and like how much carbon they, they could sequester, and I'm like all these together, not really nearly enough, like we're not even offsetting what we're doing right now, which is why i i don't i just i don't. This is such a weird issue because it feels like we're watching a movie where there's a bunch of scientists saying there is an asteroid on the way. Mm. And 97% of the world's scientists are like, yeah, we've even seen it with our own goddamn telescopes. In fact, it's not even telescopes. We can detect the gravitational permutations. We can see it occlude other stars, like all these independent things of evidence. And you got three guys saying, not a problem. And then instead of like that, like anytime that in, in the movie, those guys are the bad guys. Right. And they're mm-hmm. proven wrong and we prevail, but they're like a lot of them and they don't go with the science. I just,
2: we wh- need oil drillers on the problem. Apparently. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. We need <laughs> Bruce Willis. Tyler with
2: a few animal crackers. Yeah. I, yeah.
1: I, I don't under, I don't understand why this science is politicized because there's also the other big lie is that there's this big science. <laughs> that that goes after yeah, those billions of dollars a government grant to study climate research you know who throws billions of dollars for bogus uh-huh. research I mean and it's also like it's a worldwide conspiracy that like not only the not only is NASA and NOAA in on but every fucking international science consortium from all over the planet mm-hmm. right and the other thing the is like this agree. economic incentive is we're losing standing in the world cuz this is going to be the technology of the 21st century and we're letting Europe and China and yeah. other Asia just have it and lead the way yeah like America didn't
2: used to do that America used to lead no and- it was it was so sad for me as an American watching this Paris agreement portion right. I didn't fall apart. of the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause I knew like who yeah. the, the, you, you know have who these people there? cheering a truly momentous event. Like mm-hmm. the entire world practically coming together and saying, we need to fix this problem. And, and here are the things we're yeah. going to do about it. And they're it. modest goals that
1: aren't, but they're getting the ball moving and yeah. thank God we're doing it in that final
2: And just knowing that none of, none of what, I put into that as an American is mm-hmm. going to be there in... I don't know when the Paris Agreement was signed to go. Not that long. Not that long ago. Long.
0: Uh,
2: that that I would essentially be contributing nothing to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was sort of devastating.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's a lot of just fundamental misunderstanding from a lot of people on what... Because it's a lot of complicated things to understand. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I can see being you know just taken in by by misunderstanding like uh, alexia orcasio-cortez right now has this new green deal that she's working mm. on mm. which isn't even a plan of action yeah. it's just an agreement for everyone to talk about it And every and people are just tearing it apart already because well, we should
1: see what josh lawson had to say about aoc's <sighs> green deal and how extreme it is
0: yeah and just being confused not understanding makes you angry mm-hmm. so it's if tough. you feel that yeah. way do well, what we did and read the other side's argument and just try to try to understand what everyone's got to say about it because yeah what's the worst that could happen
1: you gotta if you re- i mean with 97 percent of the world scientists saying that you're mm-hmm. wrong if you think that you're in the right and that's infle- inf- in fact in in impacting your voting i feel like you more than anyone has to really run like this is a tennis match and this the problem is is like uh, I once watched the Indiana Pacers score like 14 points in seven seconds at the end of a Eastern <laughs> I, Conference I saw Finals that too. game. Yep. And what a lot of this, the conservative Let's media... be honest, Reggie Miller Reggie scored Miller. 14
2: points. Reggie and Miller,
0: yep.
1: uh, <laughs> and he, he murdered Spike Lee on national television. <laughs> and what a lot of what I find conservative media does is they take the shot with the game, with with the the, uh, the New York Knicks up 12 points, With, like, seven seconds to go and be like, game over. Well, there was more, like, you you have to follow this like a tennis match. Like, scientists say the caps are shrinking. Josh Lawson of the Federalists say the ice caps are growing. Uh, if you just say checkmate scientist, then, well, no, you got to watch. Can the scientist return that volley? Actually, (laughs) this report doesn't say that. And it says the exact opposite. And you're zooming in on a trend that one year when we're talking about a 30 year decline. Yeah. Then does Josh have a return for that? I've watched this debate for a while and that's where the ball gets away from them. And that's hard work. I mean, I don't advise doing it. I advise just anytime there's 97% of scientists or doctors or any professional telling you something to listen to. Them. Well, that's like, thing you can just, you can just yeah. outsource that mental energy and we can get to solving the problem. But if you gotta, if you gotta do it, then fucking do it.
0: Right. And if a doctor tells you that you have cancer, that's a tough pill to swallow. Maybe get a second opinion. That's yeah.
2: Also that, I mean, people the, the that, tr- okay, I'm sorry. The, the, the
0: trouble is
2: we, we, we have lost our trust in any kind of authority here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. In this country And not whether that that's reason. A political authority Whether that's A scientific authority Medical Whether authority. that's a, An educational authority We We have trained Ourselves in this country To distrust anyone uh, Who would claim To be an authority In anything mm-hmm. And I feel like That's one of the Biggest problems here Is that we simply A lot of us Will not believe it If it's told to us By someone who would Have the degree To understand it Right Mm-hmm and I don't know what to say to someone who would look at 97% of scientists and say, I don't believe them. I don't trust them.
1: Well, I do think that, like, now that—so some of this reminds me of, like, okay, we're just whining about the reality of the world because I do think that this is the reality. We do have a large percentage of people, and it's, it's also, shockingly, just in the English-speaking world. Like, you have this problem in Canada, United States, UK, and Australia, and that's about it. Like, most of the rest of the world is like, no, this is a fucking, we need to get on this. And we're kind of holding things back. Yeah. Largely. I mean, even
2: China is. And, and the other
1: thing is like, the other small C it. conservative talking point is like, no matter what we do, China's just going to be polluting. Well, no, no, no. Dude. Also, do you know where most of Chinese pollution came from? Us shipping our manufacturing jobs over there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah, we have cut back a lot of our emissions, but we've done it by subtract contracting out to Mexico mm-hmm. and to, uh, to, to, china and to india this all this all shit is like crazy connected like all these all these problems are interconnected and, and there's yeah, just yeah. chains of causality what were you going to say jim i'm sorry
2: I, I thought that china is working on a lot of green tech they are no they're yeah. like i said
1: they are taking leadership because but it's
2: literally choking them to death over <laughs> there
1: yeah because they did take all that pollution on so yes yeah. they are trying they're not denying it they're trying to solve it and i think that we are letting them kind of have supremacy technological supremacy Um, It's not clear. I mean, we're ceding
2: the economic future of energy to China. Mm -hmm. If you if you want to bring back your coal jobs, Mm -hmm. uh, the the tech will not stop being developed to fix these problems. So the longer we cling to these old solutions, uh, actually, I don't even want to call them solutions. The longer we cling to these old energy production methods, the further behind we're going to get economically. It's not a viable strategy for no. the long term. No, putting your head in the sand never is. And the thing is, is like I, I do
1: think that. Yeah, I don't know because I, I a lot of times I, 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 I don't know, but I, I do I do think that. We have to acknowledge that this is a problem and we can't just have a documentary every five years that needs to be. And I, I do see this more and more. It's like getting harder and harder to be a climate denier because it's like if you like watching The Expanse, well, you're going to get that show. It's like, it's like when I was trying to enjoy Star Trek as a kid with evolution kept on fucking up my enjoyment. Well, that's not true. That's not in the Bible. <laughs> I, I like the space show, but it's talking about science and I like all the science except for when they talk about the not true science like evolution. Like this is going to start fucking with your enjoyment of things. Um, like, like I don't your know beachfront
2: property. Yeah,
1: like if you if you have your own beachfront property, is going to start ruining those. But like, it's going to get harder and harder to ignore. But I do think this doesn't get the attention that it deserves, and like that's kind of the failure. This is a failure of like how capitalism fails in a microcosm because the institutions that make their money covering news think that this is a loser, that no one cares about it, so they don't cover it, so we don't know about it. Like. That is a problem. This is not a sexy thing. This is something that's going to happen 20, 30 years ago. It's gotten a lot worse in the last (laughs) 20, 30 years, but it's, you know,
2: it's like I. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, the Armageddon scenario that you're talking about with the asteroid coming, uh, the news would surely be all over that. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's sensational, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, This is sort of a slow motion version of that. Right. And it's not nearly as sexy. Right. So, yeah, I I feel you.
1: I also think but, they're
2: like th- that one
1: thing we talked about, like, you know, that I always stuck in my craw That Al Gore is going around talking this and that. But he's personally, you know, a pig when it comes to carbon. I do think that's inaccurate. Like, if I was a rich, wealthy person that had this as my cause, I don't know that I would be seen in 100 foot yachts, fucking 40 different 20 year old <laughs> models. I
2: mean, outside of Are Wolf of Wall Leonardo Street, Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. DiCaprio isn't huh no i know that i drives a fucking prius does right, he what oh, I was yeah. gonna
0: say. he was one so, of the very yeah, early he's, adopters he's in on this shit which makes you think like, okay
1: because I, I i i looked at i didn't see that there was a lot of people saying that he's done this he's done that and oh yeah i like, mean he, i do think that you have if you're going to be taking this line in public that you do have to kind of be impeccable yeah, yeah I mean, you he he can't does, even look like a
0: hypocrite right yeah yeah, it's but it just feels like it's it feels like it's not. being able to live that way is a luxury because I'm sure yeah. his house yeah. is you know he's total zero emissions type of anything mm-hmm. all solar powered all of that and that's a luxury mm-hmm. that people like us can't afford. Yeah, so we're watching it. We understand what changes need to happen. What do we do? What does everyone I mean, num- do?
2: Number one thing that I think we should have done a long time ago is. Guarantee that every new building built especially office buildings especially large construction has solar panels on the roof period yeah just period all green i mean spaces. Wh- why would we
1: not do that we also have to account for the cost of putting carbon in the uh, atmosphere
2: that's what i mean that's like you can you can argue that I, is, I know that the the initial like rebuttal to that is well it's expensive and it doesn't always make sense in every location but mm-hmm. it damn sure makes sense in California, and yeah, they're yeah. doing it, and they're talking about, oh, being 25% of the yeah. way to 100% uh, carbon neutral on those kinds of energy productions. I th- I think that should be done in more places. Mm-hmm. I talked on lunch today about the hottest temperature I've ever been in, Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Nevada needs to have something like this. Like, why are we not covering our deserts in solar panels?
1: Maybe there should be ordinance about how much water Las Vegas can use, too. Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's the thing, like... We need to start thinking because it's it's really foolish to think that we're going to get out of this without making any sacrifices at all. Oh, absolutely. Like mm-hmm. like in World War Two, when we fought a scale problem, that scale, there was gasoline rations, there was rubber rations, there mm-hmm. was. And I think that we're probably going in that future. The problem is the, the only thing we're debating is how much the wealthiest few are going to extract and just make disappear before we all have to start splitting that pie.
2: And how much we're going to have to sacrifice, yeah, based how much, on how, how long how, we how, wait,
1: how how how, av- how overall shitty the average experience is going to be to to let a few companies, uh, you know, because something like seventy five percent of the world's pollution comes from 100, just a hundred companies. Like,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how much are we going to collectively have to sacrifice, and our children sacrifice, and our grandchildren sacrifice, so those hundred companies can continue to make maximum profit? Yeah. Um, these are things that we need to head on. And it's really depressing for me to see the leading Democratic candidate seeing that, that, that look at the Green Deal proposal and say, we need a more moderate approach. Mm-hmm. It really is depressing to hear that come from Joe Biden's mouth because that is not what I think is consistent with the reality of the problem. Yeah, um, And we need to there, – there's got to be some hills you die on, and if this is one of the ones we have to, then – then, then so be it.
2: Because, <laughs> We're going to die on this hill regardless, right? Right. <laughs> uh, it's just whether we want to die on it metaphorically or literally, right? So, yeah,
1: I don't know. I hope, like I like said, my my hope is every time to to try to move the needle a little bit because I understand where this impulse is coming from. I understand. I uh until very recently was very sympathetic to climate skeptics and I was I consider myself a skeptic and it was cool to be skeptical of things and if there's two sides of debate to listen to them but like some point you get to where that's no longer the case, that it's no longer reasonable to to hear uh skepticism and that you have to start treating skepticism with the like like now it's like we should start looking at studies that contradict global warming with the same kind of jaundice eye that people look at studies confirming global warming right like these are the outliers mm-hmm. this like like if something came in that suggested I, I don't know like I, I, there's nothing that's going to Change the f- Newtonian gravity, even though it's not the full picture. Like, you know, when we discovered relativity, it's not like, oh, fuck, gravity doesn't work anymore. There might be some things that we have to account for, like the thinness or thickness of ice and how we measure it and, and me- how that impacts our estimation of rates of decline for year to year. But the fact that someone's going to discover that, like, turns out, oh, we're actually wrong. All this carbon's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to double secret, make everything super awesome, and the plants grow even bigger. That's pseudoscience Bullshit. That's not how science works. Mm -hmm. Um, Which goes back to we need to also, amongst other things, increase education spending. Um, Any other points?
0: Uh, No, I think that's all I've got.
1: All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, whatever reins of power that we may have, let's start pulling them in favor of trying to address this problem. And uh, for everybody still on the fence or on the other side, I mean, boy, I hope you're right. And I hope you've really done the thought and the research. And I'm honestly like I every time I do every time we do these things, we get several emails of people that want to have a debate. I'm not going to do it because I can talk to thousands of people or I can talk to you uh, who has all the information to try to change your mind. I used to think the way you thought. I wish I had a way to get you on the same page. It's uh, but if 97 percent of the world's climate scientists aren't going to change your mind a Ron at baldmove.com is not going to do it either. So I just we just have to defeat you. Through the ballot system, through political <laughs> processes. We have to defeat the people that are not on board with this being a problem. And mm-hmm. that's where we're at now. So uh stick
0: to the streets. Riots. <laughs> Eat the rich. <laughs> uh,
1: or you know, at least we nibble should, on them. We should, <laughs> it,
0: it it shouldn't
1: be a controversial idea that people should go to jail if they're chill, if, if they're knowingly killing the planet.
2: Yeah, and at yeah. this point, it's hard to argue it's they like don't we, know we it. We
1: got this crisis, it's like, Oh, it's just a financial crime. It's a white car. It's just you know. It's like ah, they're Bullshit. just executives making like no, no, no. You can't do this. And like a, a kid selling a dime bag of weed can't be doing more more <laughs> jail than than you guys is can't. And it's right. not an extreme position to think that there might be like some type of crime against humanity that these people are brought we can't like that shouldn't be an in if it's true it's not insane mm-hmm. so
0: yeah and Flint Michigan still does not have clean drinking water
1: <laughs> there's a lot of problems that we have to face so uh, anyway thanks for listening to Bald Move TV uh, if you have feedback send it in tv at bald dot com uh, and we'll be back next week with a lot more television a and lot. another movie in the form of Bald, or in form of bald Toy Story uh, Toy Story 4 <laughs> and other cool things until then i'm your host aaron i'm jim and i'm cecily have a good weekend